This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the besotted Pride of West London podcast. We had a strange one, this, because we're doing a podcast that it seems like we literally only got off the coach from Bolton. At Christ goes what time that was in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, something like that. Absolutely freezing it was, but we got a point back from there, so I suppose we shouldn't really complain. But we're going to talk about Bolton later. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff that happened up there that was good, that was bad, which was a bit indifferent. But we're on tour again. This time we've gone back west. We were in enemy territory before. We were just near to Fulham, but we decided maybe better come away from there just in case we see Mark Warburton walking down the street. What would he be doing in West London? Who knows? We've come back to West London. We're going to Twickenham, or we're in Twickenham at the Prince Vulture Pub. We've got a little snub, we've got our own little area. The doors are shut, no one's allowed in. We're here discussing, it's like the war cabinet yet again, which is quite ironic because they've got a vote in about an hour's time about certain things happening over the seas. But listen, I'm here, Billy Grant, with the characters. The characters are all here sitting around. Mr Dave Lane, how are you? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. What have you been up to? Well, I, um, I'm a bit tired, I have to admit. Monday, being an old farmer, Monday's uh, taken me out of me a bit. I had an early night last night. Oh, yeah. oh. I did. I had an early night and uh, woke up exactly the time um, I got back the night before. It was like three o'clock in the morning, so it was, uh, there was a bit of a schlep back from, uh, back from Bolton. But uh, yeah, we'll talk, we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, I did notice last night as well, though, that uh, although there was no championship fixtures, championship teams didn't do very well in the old Carling Cup. All of them, all of them went out. Hull went out, Middlesbrough went out, and uh, Sheffield Wednesday went out. So um, it kind of showed that Hull and Middlesbrough, who were probably the two best teams or the two strongest teams in this division, couldn't cut a mustard with the Premiership boys. So there's a big golf. So, uh, yeah, so... Or maybe they're concentrating on the league. Uh, well, Wednesday made a few changes. No, I, I don't think they are at this stage. I think they probably did try and win some. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, it's been an eventful week at Brentford. So we've, we've got a, a, a good, active and um, lively podcast ahead of us. Hopefully. Listen, and to the left of you, Mr Savvy B. How are you doing? Welcome back, Sav. 
I'm fine, thank you, Bill. Uh, I, what did I do? I, uh, this week I went to the Globe. Oh, and uh, so I, I saw a nice football match there. Uh, who did you see? I saw uh, Bolton versus Brentford. I've never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I was in bed by 11 while you were probably just getting on your coach home. It's, it probably were, actually. And the thing is, that, you know, because we've never actually seen a, a, a live football match in the pub because we were always at the game. What is it like to watch it in the pub? It's great because you can actually drink while you're watching the game. Ah. Which is just, just really new to me. It's just like rugby. It's a lot like rugby, yeah. Yeah, the way Bolton plays is a lot, 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 lot like rugby. <laughs> but you'll be actually giving us your perspective on the game from the big screen, yeah. as opposed to from the side of the pitch, which we'll look forward to listening to later. Um, beside you is the Dutchman. This is, this is your territory, actually, the Dutch. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised there isn't a big placard of you over the door as we walked into the Prince Borsha today. Ah, good evening, everyone. Um, there would be, but it's a rugby pub, so I, I can't put my name up in here. But it is up the road from me, so it's a, it's a good venue. Um, I've spent the week uh, in the Globe with, with Sav watching the game on a, not quite a big screen, quite a small screen really, um, and also in bed by 11 o'clock, although not the same bed as Sav, um, I should just add for clarification, um, and spend the week really following all things Brentford, uh, and I guess political as well at the same time, so lots of things to discuss later, we'll keep off the politics and stick with the football. So you've got two, you two have got twin beds now, is that right? Twin beds, <laughs> yeah. Twin beds, in the Globe. That is uh, encouraging. <laughs> with the barbers or not? <laughs> We've been trying to get rid of him for weeks, and, and you know we we succeeded, but unfortunately, no, I'm saying, that, that's actually been that's been naughty of me. He's back, liberal Nick. I mean, last week was a liberal free zone, but unfortunately we couldn't keep him away for too long. And liberal Nick is back. How are you doing, Nick? Um, can you tell us where you have been for the last uh, well, however long? I've got a quiz for you. Yes, I've got a quiz for you. Now fill in the blanks here mm. and tell me who said this. Okay. I respectfully always answer questions. Hmm. I am manager of X, and it is disrespectful to X X. and to Y, Hmm. who conduct their business in the right manner. I'm sure they will be disappointed in these rumours. Who said that? And name the clubs involved. Is it Nick Clegg? (laughs) That is not Nick Clegg. It's not a politician. Marinus Bikehausen. And NEC Braden. No, it's not that either. Uh, I think it might have been... um... It might have been um, Steve Clark. Oh, is it, is it, was it the old chameleon? Was it the, the man that never will say a bad thing about anyone? It's a man who sees who never says anything disrespectful about man, any club that he's employed was, for or what, was wants man, to be employed by. A man that never went for the Norwich job before he left another West Ham club. That could be the one. Oh. That could be the one. Yeah, it is. So he no. wouldn't be going for another job while at another club. Yeah, Obviously yeah. not. I mean, I just I had that, to laugh. That, that would be what I what that I would read, be what I read was from the Evening Standard tonight, and it was quite laughable because if we'd read the Evening Standard in February, I think word for word that's what Mark Warburton said. It's just not disrespecting the clubs, but you know, so, so enough, de- case of deja vu, you know. So, de- so basically, you spent uh, two weeks away just deja vuing. I mean, you know, this is you know, you woke up and you said, "Oh, I'm saying it's like Groundhog Day for you." Is that right? Uh, yeah, it felt like Groundhog Day as well, coming back on the coach from, from Bolton. Yeah. So, Deja Vu, Monday night, Bolton. Very cold, very far up north. Bit of a mall to be quite honest with you as well, in there for most of the game. However, Brentford did score an absolutely fantastic goal from Swift. 
we thought we were going to have three points in the bag. Didn't quite work out that way. We're going to reflect on the game in a minute, but first of all, let's listen back to us here what the fans had to say. Not on the terraces, not in the pubs afterwards, it was on the coach because we had to we had to get back to London. But on the coach, after the game, from Bolton. It was diabolical, mate. We should have should have beaten them. Bottom of the side, like you say, we haven't won in 157 years. Should have at least put three, four past them. We may we had the chances. Bolton, they're at the bottom there, but to be fair, you know, they hadn't been paid today, but they looked like they were Paying for their money today, weren't they? Uh, they're definitely paying. They're paying their stocks off today. I think they deserve that paycheck come tomorrow. If they don't get it, I think they'll be massively disappointed because that after they scored that goal, they were all over us for the first ten minutes. So we had our chances. We didn't take them, and then we we, we, we gifted the ball away too much for Bolton. And I think if, if if Bolton were better finishers and had and had and had actually some people actually knew where the go, where the goal was, then you know that could have been could have been a lot worse for us. Well, I think we've shown that we can. We're fine in this league, you know. We're a lot better than than it looked after the first 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 few games of the season. Um, we're, we'll probably be comfortable in between tenth and tenth and thirteenth somewhere in the season. You never know. We could we could make a late surge if we could do it. But I think I think realistically this season we just need to be looking at staying in the bottom of that top half, if you like. So we got. Dean Smith coming in the next couple of days. What do you think he's thinking? The changes that I need to make, or how am I going to improve the team to actually kind of make them play the way that he wants to? It, you know, he's got to like um, steady the team. I think he's got to bring. I mean, the, 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 today the defence looked quite panicky. They were putting a lot of crosses in, and although we've got a good sort of central defence, well, we did in, in Dean and Tarkey. I mean, the balls were still coming in. There was, it, was, it almost looked really panicky when we they did get the ball, and the fact that Bolton didn't finish well. Saved us from that. So I think for the fact that we didn't have too many. So I think he's got to work on that. He's got to steady it from the back. Move up. I mean, we've got the midfield. We've got a lot of players coming back, haven't we? We've got. The, we've got to see how well they do. I mean, he's got. I don't know. I don't know enough about him as a man manager. But that's what I think a manager should. Do. He's, he's going to need to gel the team. It's going to take. It's going to take on from where Carsley left off, as in bonding the team, calming them down a bit, I think, and playing good football that they can play. One point gained, entertaining game, they gave it all, we had chances, they had chances, we were a tad weak up front, but hey, we were creating chances, and that's all you can look for. I thought our two centre-backs played really well, both the full-backs, can't fault anybody for effort, um, but we do lack quality up front. I think he needs to get a proven striker. We just we just lacked to finish today. But saying that, we threw it away. I thought we we dropped two points today. I I, agree I, with thought, you. I thought they would they done a number on us. They stopped us playing. We couldn't yeah. put it out wide. It, we weren't we, we we didn't have a normal possession and passing game at all. It was scrappy. It was I don't know what it looked like on the telly, but to be honest, I I, I thought we just threw it away. We need somebody up front. Even Duracin, he's, he's not up to speed yet. We haven't got any strikers up to speed. We need that. We we should have in the loan window. We should have got. We should look for a championship striker, someone who's proven, pay the money and get it sorted. I'm, I'm a bit, yeah, a bit disappointed coming back with just a point, mate. I think they were they, they were there for the taking. Um, Kirschbaumer went close towards the end. I thought Bidwell had a header that you know is a very difficult header. It was amazing that he was in the position to, to head it. To be honest, but. Um, I think we, well, I think we, we created. We did, we did look good on the ball sometimes, but it was, it, it, we, we just didn't, we just didn't boss the game. And I think um, we, should, we deserved. Well, we should have gone more out. 
also Bill, you were a bit like you were the highwayman there. You were the you know, stagecoach. You were doing the interviews aboard a moving vehicle. You were the um, dandy highwayman. I was the dandy highwayman. I had a patch over my eye, and I started singing. And deliver. Did, you, did, they, did you stand and deliver? Well, I, I thought I delivered, you know, an interview that people could listen to. I mean, I don't know <laughs> how good it was, but you know. Are you, are you adamant about that? <laughs> I, I, I was. I was fairly adamant on the night. I'm not sure how adamant I am now. But anyway, yes, that was what the fans had to say on the coach on the way back. It was, it was actually quite refreshing and quite nice getting a few new sets of characters to, to, to talk to us as well. We, um, it was quite difficult because you try and get people to speak and no one wants to speak. Then soon one person says something and everyone wants to say something, which was good. So it was, it was a captive audience, though. <laughs> they weren't going to get anywhere. They tried to pick out the back doors. I did, I did the microphone right under their nose. You will say something. Like, oh, OK. Just leave me alone. But yes, it was it was it was interesting. As I'm well. driving the bloody coach. Leave me alone. <laughs> leave me alone. So it's interesting to see. But listen, that Bolton match though, it was for us that went all the way up there. It was really frustrating because maybe we thought that we were going to definitely get the three points because they were so rubbish before the game. And then we got that early goal, which is a fantastic goal. And we thought, here we go, we're going to rev it. And then we had the few chances. Then all of a sudden, it's like, oh no. We kind of just like went into our shell a little bit and let them come back at us. Interesting to know, you boys that are watching it on the big little screen at the Globe Pub in Brentford, how was it for you? I, I thought watching on the small screen, big screen, was it's always an interesting experience. Um, cue shouts of loyal from my colleagues around the table who went all the way up there. Loyal! Thanks very much. And puns as well. But I actually thought on the TV we looked very, very good in patches. It's yeah, it was a disappointing result to drop to drop two points for a game that we should have won. Clearly, it was disappointing. But I think sometimes when you watch it on TV, and we were talking about it before we started recording this, you know, we we, we stand behind the goal most of us in, in, in this podcast crew, and you do see a different view from there. And sometimes on the TV you see it differently. We played some staggeringly good football in that first half. Some wonderful moves through midfield. Some interplay between. Yeah, the, the, the usual characters in the middle, you know, Tumani and Judge and, and Swift to some extent. Playing, and even McCormack. McCormack and playing out from the back, you know, and that's the team that we've got. And when you see it again and you also see the, you know, you see the highlights and the, you know, the repetition of the, some of the moves, you can't fail to be impressed. We had some clear-cut chances. We clearly should have scored more. Vibe had a great chance in the first half where he should have scored a second one where the goalie made a, a good save. And there was lots of other... There was plenty of encouragement from that game. Yes, disappointing. Yes, we still suffer from the old northern trick of putting loads of big blokes up front and banging the ball in high and often, and you know we struggle to cope with that change of tactic. But lots to build on, I think, in terms of our transition and new manager in place. Shouldn't be too disappointed with the point from that one. Do, do you think that okay? Because we stand behind the goal, we watch the game. Do you think that maybe in front of the Ealing Road is like a rose-tinted screen that we watch <laughs> the game through? I think some have rose-tinted and some have whatever the opposite of roses. Um, without using bad language um, you, you do see it differently definitely you, you kind of just get involved it's a great place to stand in terms of atmosphere and emotion and sometimes that probably takes over from the logic and the Allard is not here today who sits at the side You know, he, he sometimes sees the game very differently from us watching it from a, a different perspective so I couldn't stand watching every game like that that's for sure but just the odd one um, you know, it wasn't up north it wasn't cold uh, It was. You, you see a different perspective you see certain interchange between the players you see some of the work rates um, that perhaps you don't see from behind the goal. Yeah, um, it's it's an eye opener, not to be repeated too often, but 
worth doing. Sav, I mean, you normally stand with us behind the goal as well, but again, you were sitting in the globe with your warm pint mm-hmm. of pride or whatever else you drink, and, um, and, and, and you were sort of making a few comments about how you thought that the Brentford players would come on very much so from the beginning of the season. Yeah, I think what, what I noticed is <coughs> everything seemed very heightened. You notice the good play and you notice how good it is. I mean, we just look fantastic in, in, in parts, especially going forward. And the speed we move at is incredible. Uh, and I think we also see the mistakes. They're, they're quite heightened as well. And, but what I noticed a lot on Monday was the mistakes the ref was making. A lot of those we wouldn't have noticed if we were standing behind the goal. You know, you might think, oh yeah, that was that was a dive or that was definite penalty or whatever, but you don't know. So, so, so give us two mistakes that, the, I mean, you're not two mistakes, I'm giving it away now, anyway. yeah. you said there's, a couple, <laughs> yeah. there's a couple of mistakes that the ref made, and, and what yeah, are they? Absolutely, I mean, uh, booking Swift for a dive when it was a definite, definite penalty, I mean, absolutely outrageous, total, total, total penalty, I mean, no one could argue against it, and the uh, Davis, Mark Davis going uh, over, the, over the ball, straight uh, above uh, Tumani's ankle, was a straight red. I mean, we, 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 saw, we even saw that from where we were, and we all went, ooh. Well, that looked a bit yeah. dodgy. But it was really dodgy. Do you think the fact that Swift didn't complain at all? That, that really surprised me. It's surprising because, you know, I mean, I would have thought he had been schooled by Mourinho. I mean, Chelsea yeah. are told, aren't they? They're told to go and complain again to the... Where we, was, where we were standing behind the goal, it was a clear penalty. It was. It looked... We, yeah. we all shouted penalty yeah, straight absolutely. away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't look like there was any kind of... You know, it, it was a... It was a Slide in, and he, he went down in proportion to the challenge. Yeah, he didn't. It wasn't like a dive, or it wasn't clear simulation. Absolutely, but he, he was cut off. He was cut off. I mean, Mark Halsey on the Bolton website, who, who apparently writes on one of the local papers, and he commented in his capacity as an ex-ref, said the challenge on Tamani was outrageous, should have been a red, and that the it was a clear penalty when Swift went down. He couldn't understand why a why it wasn't a penalty, and b why the guy got booked for. Yeah, for faking it when the guy went across. He said two reds. He said two reds. So it's funny how you get a different perspective because so it was clearly a penalty, which we we also standing there behind the goal saw that tackle on Tumani. Actually, I thought was was a solid tackle. And in fact, Lee, 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 well, Lee Carsley after the game said, "Well, it was a type of tackle that I used to make in my career, and it wasn't a red card." But, so, so we could have been one goal up against nine men at half time. No, no, I disagree. I don't. I don't, I don't think the, the penalty was a penalty. It wasn't. No way. It's not. No well, I mean, how, how's the that? goal scoring opportunity guy threw on goal? He wasn't, though. He was, he was going he was for the. Potentially yellow. I think it was a pass. Were you arguing like this in front of the big screen? No, the Jumbo was, Tron in the Globe. It you? was just us and all the people <laughs> in the pub who weren't remotely interested in the game. But <laughs> <laughs> the fact that Swift got booked, that's what amazes me. Yeah, yeah. I, could, I could understand you thinking, oh, it was, you know, a ref not quite seeing the, the touch. But no way would you give. Well, no, surely, because if he didn't get if he didn't get the penalty, he had to give the yellow card. I mean, you only have two choices as a ref. You only have two choices. You either see it as a well, penalty, no, no, or you think the player, or you think the offended player is trying to de- de- deceive you, and then no, you, you have to give the red card. You can see uh, yellow card. See, you can see, see. This is this is where there needs to be an, a, a, another measure that puts in place. And if, if the referee is not one hundred percent sure, and the player looks like it could have been a foul, then you need stone, paper, scissors. And then the loser decides whether it's a penalty or a goal kick. Blimey, I thought you were going to call for a video ref then. Well, to, yeah. to, be, to be fair, Dutch said that. When we were watching it, Dutch said, the time it's taken to stop all the arguing and get on with the game, you could have easily had a video ref just say, yeah, 
And that's an argument for another day. It's a different one. I mean, my only point that was comparing it to Harley's red card at the weekend, where a reasonably innocuous tackle with a reasonably, you know, petulant childish, and we all probably thought, oh, he deserves a red for being an idiot, compared to a yellow card for what was probably a potential leg-breaking tackle. And if Toombs hadn't got up, you know, quickly, made no fuss, because that's the kind of guy he is, you know, it was a dreadful, dreadful tackle. If you haven't seen it on TV, audience, please go and watch it. And this is the thing as well, because I'm just saying how... We can go on about this as well, and the game is what it is, but the refs can change the game. We had a couple of situations that changed the game. We're disappointed because we've gone away with a one-all draw, but to be honest with you, we could have probably been three ahead. They could have been a man down. It could have been a different game altogether, and they picked their game up sort of kind of like, in, particularly in the second half, because of situations that you know that we didn't put to bed. You know Whether or not the man didn't get sent off or whether or not we didn't score the extra goal, isn't it, Nick? I agree with that. I mean, I, th- I thought the second half, we, I thought that we didn't play well in the second half. And V-Bay, you know, I like him as a player and I, I don't want to sound harsh, but I did think some of the runs that he made um, on, on, on the night were, were not good. I mean, when he should have been running to the right, he went off left. And, you know, when he should have been running to the left, he went off right. And it did surprise me a bit of the substitutions that took place as well. Isn't, um, isn't Vibe doing a bit of a carsley at the moment? He's been called in to do a job that is not actually one of his choosing. It's, not, it's probably not his ideal position. He's not an out and out striker. What, what is he? He's a he's a very very fast forward. I, I, he's not he's not a number nine. He's, he's probably a number ten. He, he's not he's not your he's not a, he's not a great. Is he? He's not he's not your number one striker. I, I think he can play up front with somebody alongside him. He's yeah, in a four four two. But we're we're not we in four four two mode at the moment. Yeah, and, and we're, but we've we've tried him just behind, haven't we? We've tried him out wide. We've tried him up front on his own. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to. Re- well, yeah. Apart from, I don't want to criticise him because there is obviously he's obviously a good player. Yeah. But I mean, I just think uh, it may be one of those cases where after a while he'll suddenly click. I think and, he's a and, sniffer. You know. he's, he's, he's yeah. one that feeds off of half chances and he's a lurker. He, I don't think he's your out and out target man. He's, he's not target man, no. and, he, and he's and he's not. He, he makes intelligent runs. Uh, I, I think. Well, we will see him again. Up front again on Saturday. I think they want to. I mean, they want to turn him into a winger. They've tried him as a winger. Hasn't quite worked out. It's not maybe his natural position. But I think for them, they're thinking this is the situation. This is where we want him to play. This was where it was going to add for the Brentford side. Um, Again, maybe it's a situation where with so many injuries and players out, he's been forced in. I mean, I know he comes off the bench quite a lot. Forced into situations where maybe he's playing in positions that maybe he wouldn't normally be playing in. Um, and we'll see. I mean, it's interesting about Vibe because he's got his own song. He got his own song very early, and there's some people that really love him. Fans love him. Yeah, but there's also some fans that are like, mm, I'm not sure about him. I'm not sure exactly where he's going to play. And I think what's interesting is that what we should talk about later when we talk about other elements in this podcast, like we're going to talk about the new manager. We're interested to see where, where where we can guess where players like Vibe will fit into to Smith's setup and other players as well. But listen, moving on from Bolton, I mean. We got the point. Is this going to be a game where we actually might look back on it, as we say sometimes, and say, actually, to be honest with you, that's a fairly decent point. I mean, last season, I mean, they were quite rubbish, and uh, and we went there and we got battered three-one, and we, you know, and okay, turned our season around. But is this going to be the scenario where we say, tell you something, tell you something, they've turned themselves around? Well, I still, I'm still going to remain a little bit old school about a Monday night trip to Bolton. They're always going to be tricky, and they did chuck everything at us. 
and we did get a point. So, you know, I think if it, if it was a Saturday and we'd taken eight and nine hundred up there and you know, I, I, I think we probably might be a little bit disappointed, but it was it was it, the, the conditions were tricky and when when Neil Lennon has got his back to the wall and the players are kind of fractious as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, we, we saw as well. No more pants down. No, no more pants down. But, you know, look, he, 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 was told, he, was called, he was called a prick, wasn't he? By one of his players. <laughs> you're getting, by you're his digging his yourself even further here. No, 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 he was on TV. If you yeah. watch it on TV, yeah. um, Dean came out after he blasted a shot over him about 40 yards yeah. for no reason and Lennon berated him for along the lines of, you know, what the heck are you doing shooting from there? Um, yeah, I turned around and said to Lennon, I can, I'm well entitled to take a shot, you prick. Yeah, so I mean, so, no, no, uh, he actually um, said, you Scottish prick. Oh, even better. He's not Scottish. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, so basically, you know, we're talking about Neil Lennon here, who he must be on a little bit, but is he on a tightrope though? That's the question. I, th- I think he's got to be. But uh, I think f- for me, you, you were talking about uh, teams like Bolton and whether we, we got a, whether the point was okay and we look back on it. And I think we're always going to struggle with your Sheffield Wednesdays, your Blackburns and your Boltons and all your big northern teams, Huddersfield, you know, who, who love to throw themselves down to the, to the floor and... Which is massive. Well, yeah, big in size of players rather than big in size of stature of the club. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to ask. Yeah. I'm going to ask a question here. Being devil's advocate in the middle. Are you just stereotyping here? You know. Uh, you know, we're sort of stereotyping that all northern clubs are big and they hoof the ball. Well, the, the ones I mentioned are big and hoof the ball. That's why I mentioned them, and they just happen to be northern. Okay, you're right. To be fair to say, you know, the, the Blackburn were big, big lumps, and they were northern. Bolton, big and they feel northern. So okay, no, okay, no. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just throwing it into the pot. Then. Yeah, carry on. Yeah, well, no, that, that, that was my point. Is that you know to come back with a point from those teams? I think ultimately it's going to be okay because we do struggle against them. They're the kind of teams we struggle against. We don't like that kind of play. So cultured continentals yeah. and Charlies like ourselves. I, 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 I mean, it's very disappointing. I mean, at the end of the game, I was. I was Really, quite pissed off. I think it's hard to it's hard to put a team together if you, if we, we're going for a team that plays decent football, which you know for most of us is the first time we've seen it over the last few years. We're playing culture football, play out from the back, midfield triangles, quality football. You know, the, I guess the downside of that is you're going to struggle to defend as easily against six foot four monsters. You know, Amy Obi seems to put on about three stones since he left Newcastle. Yeah, he was a handful. I mean, he can't he clearly can't finish. But you know, he's a handful to mark, and I think you, we've got to accept to some degree that the culture and style of football we're now playing makes it more difficult to defend against those teams. And you say, and, and, and this leads to the central defence as well, like you know, the defence, because obviously the defence had a lot of crosses that they had to deal with. Obviously, Harley Dean has been out because he got sent off the previous game, so he had O'Connell, who was in the middle there. And again, it's interesting to see from you guys from watching TV, how did he handle? Because, you know, we were under pressure, especially in the air, a lot of the times. And, you know, how did the defence handle that situation? I thought they handled it reasonably well. I mean, the goal that they scored was from a poor-headed clearance that was a bit of a mishits shot that flew into the corner. But, yeah, other than that header, I thought, yeah, we only we let in one goal. We didn't really, but I made a couple of good saves. I thought they did OK. I mean, O'Connell's still new and learning. I thought against difficult opponents, you know, experienced opponents, I thought we managed them reasonably well. I mean, things come on well in the last few weeks and had some good contributions, so he was, he was missed. But I don't think O'Connell let us down on Monday. 
I thought the, I thought actually that the person who made the mistake was Tarky um, uh, rather than O'Connell because there was definitely one clear mistake to Tarky. It was very early um, on. Yeah, very early on in the game. Oh, the, uh, I, the, the, the pullback pass to um, to Barton. That's right. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I, I think you know I, I'm I'm less positive than, than than some of you about this. I actually think it was two points lost rather than because um, I think we did have plenty of chances. I mean, Bidwell had a difficult chance, but yeah. you know, on another day that could have gone in. There are a couple of shots that that um, should have should should have should have made the keeper work harder than it did. I I just think Bolton were there for the taking, and our second half performance we didn't really drive on. No. Something like we were in fourth gear. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Something we lost a bit of impetus, and I think you know it was a shame. If we kept up the high intensity we had in the first half, I think we could have easily walked away three-one winners there. I thought defensively, one of our problems was Feeney being so good with their, their winger, and he was just attacking and attacking and attacking, and getting crosses in past uh, Bidwell, who I thought had a really good game, but he was no protection from Swift. Swift is, is great going forward, he's got a lovely touch, and I think I love him, and I think he's, he's actually made a big difference to our team going forward. But, Poor Bidwell, he had no, no, no help at all. Well, your Norris was also struggling as well at the time. Yeah, well, this is and this is the thing. We'll talk about this in a little bit when we talk about the new manager and about the team and maybe you know the way that we maybe have just set ourselves up to kind of contain ourselves and to make sure that we don't, we're not as bad as we were a few weeks ago. But and have, what we're going to need to do to move forward. But listen, good chat about Bolton. Let's put that behind us now. Very cold. Let's look forward to what's happening with Brentford now in the future. So the news is out. Dean Smith has been announced as the new Brentford manager. Possibly West London's worst kept secret because it's been flying around for at least what, a month, a month and a bit. We've been chatting about it in the, the last three, four podcasts, haven't we? But Dean Smith has now been, he's put his flag in the sand. West London says, I'm here, lads and lasses. I'm going to take your team to the promised land. Interesting reactions all around from people. Lots of people giving him lots of props. I noticed uh, Andy Scott, ex Brentford manager, gave him lots of props because he used to work with him at Orient. Did he say about his hair? <laughs> he, well, he, he invited him down to his hairdressers and said, listen, mate, you know, first one's on me, which is cool. But Andy Scott was in there as well. He said, look, great manager. A lot of people have been saying, great manager. Um, Smith, he's going to be brilliant down at Brentford. What has been interesting is um, the reaction from the Walsall fans and not happy with us at all. It's like, cast your mind back to 2013, September, when we got Neil Grigg. Do you remember we got Will Grigg? Oh, Neil, Neil's brother. Neil Grigg's brother, yeah. And, um, but but Walsall, fans, Walsall fans are just never happy about anything, ever. I mean, if they, if they ball... And I, if they bought Maradona, well, how yeah, you? Just, you, you wouldn't be happy living under the M6 either. We, we, we live under the right M1, but, but they're in perma, perma mood the whole time. They just they, they are just whingers. Um, and you know, he served them very well, as we just said. He was a Warsaw manager for four years and 11 twelfths. He would have been, he was almost five years their manager. And the minute he's gone, they're kind of saying how rubbish he was. Um, you know, he clearly did a really good job for Walsall, um, and I put, talking about flags in the sand, I put my flag in the sand as well, I was fairly underwhelmed by the choice, 
of, of Dean Smith. Because? Because I think there was a, probably a better fit out there for us if our hand hadn't been forced. I think... Um, How is our hand forced? I think, I think Lee Carsley, um, we, you know, we, we've, we've credited him a lot for the way he stepped up and after a couple of shaky results, he got four straight wins and he got our season properly back on track and he kept stepping in and he made his position very clear. However, if he'd had been able to find it within himself to do the caretaker role for another month, another two months, we probably would have found by an organic way of someone being sacked somewhere else or someone losing their job somewhere else or someone, something, something somewhere else in the football world happening where probably the, more, the most natural fit happened. But the argument there, but I'd say for Carsley, is that it's so obvious that he didn't want the gig in the first place and I think that he yeah, was... Well, he, he made, he he made was, that clear, but he could have, no, maybe he could have no, done it for a couple more weeks. Yeah, but the thing is, he was, the thing is that the word on the street is that actually Carsley was meant to be in even earlier than where he actually came into and maybe it took a bit, bit of convincing to get him in at the point that we did do and maybe two or three weeks earlier he would have actually been in place but he didn't want to do it and it's one of those scenarios because oh, I'll do it as long as you get a new manager in and uh, probably I, st- I still I said it a couple of times I still think it's a very strange situation this whole this whole Carsley you know promoting not wanting it wanting to stay in his position and then us replacing him then him coming back in and him leaving completely you know we, we said we said on the, on the coach my bag it wouldn't surprise us if he ends up at high Brooks. Well, they wouldn't surprise us if he ended up with Ibrox or we said anywhere because at Brentford he is the under-21 coach. But, you know, any manager who's, you know, a caretaker manager of Brentford who got manager of the month in the championship, he can go to any academy in this country, pretty much, and be head of that academy. Sorry, I, I didn't finish off my line in the sand. So my line in the sand is that now Smith is here, I'm going to be fully behind him and um, I, I, I will not be negative about him until he proves there's a reason to be. So, you know, he's here, there may have been better or, or more obvious um, managers out there that could have been a better fit, but he's the one that's here and I hope it's a long and successful reign. I think you're being a bit disrespectful to Rangers' under-21 coach, actually, in, in, in the statements there, because, you know, I mean, we don't know where Car- where Carsey's going. I... I don't share your, your pessimism or no, your, your concerns about Smith accepting the fact that the timing is interesting because of course what's come out we've got the Christmas fixtures and then we've got the third round of the FA Cup and that always produces a managerial shake up but given that we're not likely to have got Gary Neville Gary Neville was never going to choose Valencia or Gary, choose Brentville over Valencia yeah but Somebody like the Premiership manager is not going to come down immediately into the into the Championship, which is a shame. They should do because you know Monk might be an interesting fit. Smith did well at Walsall. He's got a good track record, apart from you know apart from losing in the playoffs. But hey, every Brentford manager loses in playoff final, so he's got nothing really to be shaken. They did lose there. in the playoffs. Maybe it was no, in the playoff final. Maybe it was JPT. Maybe it was JPT. Sorry. Sorry, Nick. Maybe I just need to clarify that just a little bit better. I'm not anti him, and I'm not. I'm not knocking his record. All I'm saying is there. There may have been a better fit out there. That, that's all. I'm not. Uh, now he's here. I'm, I'm behind him. I think you need to strike while the iron's hot. 
and you know, and he he's there. He he's available. He wanted to come. He said the right things in his press conference today, which you can see on the YouTube video. If you look at Jim Levac's article on the um, Besotted website, you know he's well respected by by the press up in Birmingham and in, in the Walsall area. The Walsall fans screaming about his loss actually shows that you know he he knows how to get fans on his side because if they were if they weren't unhappy about him going then I'd then I'd have real concerns. I think you know I think we could potentially have chosen the right person. So I'm not quite as down as you are. Don't and it's interesting you say that he wanted to come and we're going to re-emphasize this point again. Again, it's a bit of a word of the street thing, but the street is kind of like tells you the things that are out there. There's no smoke without fire. But Dean Smith has been in and around Brentford two times before this, from what we know. We knew they Rosler left as well. The word on the street is that Dean Smith was there looking at the job, and also when Mark Warburton left as well. Dean Smith is there, thereabouts. So it's not as if this is a new thing to him. He knows the club, he's done the research, he wanted to get involved in the project from time, he's absolutely potty for it, third time lucky for Dean Smith it looks like, hopefully it'll be third time and they'll make it lucky for the Bees Well for me, I, I, was, I actually wanted Dean Smith when uh, Uwe left, I mean he was my, he was my choice, when, when sort of names were being banded around, I thought oh Dean Smith I really like the way Wolves all played and I thought he could be, could be quite interesting and a good fit for us uh, I think what I also like about him is that he develops young players and I think that is, is the sort of mould that Warburton was very good at. Um, I mean, I, I, said, I think I said it last time I was on that I like the idea of Clotet um, because of his uh, sort of understanding of European leagues and that, and that kind of coaching role, which I think, again, is always looking back to, to what Warburton brought. So I think, I think in Smith we've got something, something of the Warburton, uh, not perhaps the, the understanding of, of European coaching, but I think you know, the, the, the developing of young players I think is, is good. And I love the way he plays football. I'm very excited by the appointment of Dean Smith. Um, whether he's the right fit, we'll, we'll only find out in the future. But for all the candidates out there, you're going to get someone who's massively experienced and potentially is too big for the club or someone on, on the learning curve on the way up. And he seems to be the latter and that seems to be the way to go. Um, as Sav just said, he's track record in producing young players, training, developing them, and his reputation, and also you know, what he's achieved from taking a club from a struggling position to one at the right end of the, the table um, should be encouragement for all of us. And he's been there for five years. And I was just thinking, uh, and a point for all the staffers out there, who's the last Brentford manager to last for five years? Quite uh, one for people to say, anyone around the table? <laughs> Any ideas about it? wasn't Andy Scott. No, I mean, no. pause it for now and someone can think about he it. Was but, uh, long, he was probably the longest. Yeah, but it's, you know, five years is a long time, is the point I was trying to make in terms of a yeah, manager. You know, five years is fairly stable. It's his, it's his big step up. Harry Curtis. You know, he's done his. <laughs> Harry Curtis. Yeah. He, he's done his apprenticeship and he's, yeah. you know, he's, he's, he's obviously seen that we're a bigger and better club, which is a, a sign of the progress that Brentford have made because that wouldn't have always been the case. You know, Walsall have been above us in recent history. So, you know, the fact that a Walsall manager wants to leave a. Uh, an up-and-coming club who's done very well to join Brentford is uh, an indictment of where we're at. The, the other thing about um, Smith that I've heard through Jim Levac's article is his taste in music. He's slightly quirky, slightly left of field, half and half biscuit. Um, he, he, he could fit into Brentford like a duck, duck to water, to be honest. You know, we, we, aren't, we aren't the obvious choice ever. We are we, we are kind of kooky. We are we are kind of hipsters. 
Um, I, I, I think that he, 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 you know, the more I find out about him, maybe he's, he's a better fit than I thought. He's, he's going to get to like cooling the gang a lot, though. Yeah, it's yeah. true. So, yeah. Yeah. We, we are that Duke of Prague Awake It team, aren't we? <laughs> we are that eclectic taste. You're nicking my best line. <laughs> but listen, but I mean, the fact is, Dean Smith is our third Brentford boss in six months. Okay, And interesting, the, the, the press um, conference that he had today, he, he said a few things, Smith. I mean, maybe he was put a little bit on the spot because he's only been in charge for a day, but he said he's targeting the Premier League. Didn't actually put a time on it, but of course targeting the Premier League as well. He also stated that he, it's down to him to pick the team, again, which is a statement that he made as well. And also he said, I'm in control of recruitment, or he says, I'm in control, or is it involved in recruitment? There's three little points that are thrown in there. I know, Nick, you, you had a good listen to the press conference, and you've got a comments there, haven't you? Yeah, I did. I mean, I thought it was interesting that he was saying all that with Rasmus sitting by his side, because, I mean, you know, they'd obviously said, you know, they'd obviously worked out in advance what the lines were going to be, which... Um, that wasn't the case when Lee Carsey was put in front of a microphone. Um, I was encouraged about Dean Smith talking about being in control of the training, selection, and indeed all parts of the football club, including recruitment. And he said that he, um, Rasmus said that uh, uh, the club wanted somebody who has bought, bought into the project. Now, I know Dutch will shoot me for using the word project, but as I continually say, this is a project, it's a long-term project, and having Dean Smith on board, who is happy and comfortable, knows what he's bought into, knows what he's coming into, it's, and has been a reasonably successful manager in a lower league, sorry Walsall, you know, you are, you know, it is a step up to, to come to Brentford, because it's a step up into a championship club, and Dean Smith probably won't be with us for five years, because if he doesn't get Brentford into the Premiership within five years, he'll be looking to better himself by going to a, another bigger, inverted commas, club. So, you know, let's see where it goes, takes us. Yeah, interesting, I mean, I'm talking about the fact that at the weekend, myself and Lainey were actually, there's no bees games at the weekend on Saturday, so we were actually down at Charlton. And uh, we were down at Charlton doing a little bit of business, which we will tell you about later. We've got a couple of little other projects down there. We'll show you what we're doing down at Charlton, but forget about that. You haven't bought the club, have you? We did, actually. It was 50p. I thought it was, it was, it was cheap. Great, you cheap know, it yeah. was cheap as chips. Yeah. And, uh, but we chat chips for mayonnaise. Yes, that's right. And the, chat, the, the Charlton fans were, uh, they were talking about their predicament. They were talking about Brentford's predicament as well. They said, you know, the, the usual Warburton, blah, this, that, the other. And they said, you know, you lot have been all over the place, haven't you? And then you've got your manager. Manager's coming, you've got this caretaker. Oh, you come here and you beat us 3-0 and he's left. And you've got, then you've got another manager coming in now. And we said, yeah, yeah, it seems a little bit all over the place, but, you know, they're getting back on track. They said, well, look at us. We're Charlton, and, uh, you know, we're going to be on track, but, you know, we're all over the place, but look how rubbish we're doing. You're still doing brilliantly, considering that you're all over the place. Could you imagine what you'd be like if you were, like, really focused and on track? They were pirates as well. They were, actually, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, it's, and, and, and it sort of kind of struck home a little bit that, yes, we have been quite all over the place, but we're actually quite firmly in mid-table. You know, and you know, even sort of upper mid table, sort of looking to do well under all the chaos that's going on. And, and the guy said to us, "Goes to be fair, your, your club's probably actually. You might think it's all out of order, but we think it's actually run quite well." We, well, I, I think you're spot on there, Bill. I mean, it it would appear that we look like an established championship team already. You know, we we, we did struggle early on, but you know. It, several times this year where we've played you know other teams and we're thinking well 
you know, I think it, I think it was when we played Preston and Bristol City, we we looked like we'd been here for a few years already. And although we were struggling, now now things are getting better. It was it was the fact that we played good football, and there's, there's a there's a there's a style, there's a philosophy there. Um, and, and I think that will stand us in good stead. If you play good football and you've got good players, you will survive. It's when you start getting desperate and you really don't know it, you haven't got a game plan, and you just start kicking it long. But I, I, the other thing I really want to talk about as well is just that you know we, we are going to places like Bolton now and we're disappointed not to win. And I think that is just like a barometer of how far we've come. And we should have won, but you know Bolton are literally they're two seasons out of the Premier Division and we are looking at that as a bad result or a disappointing result or we should have done better. And you know, yeah, they're, they're, they're down in the doldrums, but still I think that's a mark of where we're at. I think we have got to stop on this podcast. We should make a vow to all us, to all who appear on this podcast, is to accept that we are a championship club now. Okay, and the only way we're going is up. We're not not going to go down. So what we've got to stop stop talking about is we're not we're not little boys in a big boys league anymore. We are an established championship club who have a chance to possibly reach that. Promised land. Yeah, but it, it, still the, takes the a little, but it does take a couple of years to recalibrate. We, we've done 40 years. Yeah, I mean, what's interesting as well, I mean, and it has taken us 40 years to get to this stage. I think what is interesting is that talking to, again, so, um, a couple of people who were a little bit before Smith had come in, but his name had been banded around, they said, Smith, why are you going for Smith then? I'm a little bit nervous that he's a bit like Wolverton. It's like, you know, he's quite, you know, traditional in the Bring way that he's, you know, you know, which is the traditional the way he wants to go about it. And I thought that you were going for this sort of slightly more left field, eclectic way of the management. But I thought that was interesting that they said that because they recognised kind of what we were going for. Now, the point that I would make, and I've said this from day one, I've said it to Warburton, and I've said it to people within the club, is that if the club had, when they employed Mark Warburton, who never had a manager's job and was happy to manage, and they said to him, tell you something, mate, you can have this job but you're not, not going to have veto on players. You'll have input and you can put all your input in, but you won't have last say. He would have said, all day, yeah, I'm so having yeah. that. And we wouldn't have been in the situation we're in now, but that never happened. And because it got changed a year later, this is why we've had all this malarkey. So what? it's almost like what we've got a situation of, and I'm not doing the direct comparison, but what I'm saying is that we may have a situation where Dean Smith... He's a manager who knows the leagues, he knows people, he knows players, he knows the British system, he knows everything like that. Warburton-esque, slightly, maybe slightly traditional to a certain extent. However, he knows his position and he knows, I, I'm not going to have the last say on players, I'll, I'll put my input in and I'll say, that kid from Altrincham, we need to get him in. They'll have a look at him and they think that's right and they'll bring him in. And I think that's a positive thing where obviously Brentford have learned over the last three or four or five or six months there's a balance we need to our side. We've got a great little back, black box that finds players from Romania and all sorts of stuff, but we also need a little bit from the from the UK, which also bring those players in. I think that's a good thing. I think I think the big plus also is coming with his number two. So there's an established man in Richard O'Kelly coming in who he's worked with. You know, he clearly trusts him. So it's not a one man coming into an existing thing. He's brought another one in. Uh, Warburton found that very quickly with Weir. Um, you know, it is a double act at this level, clearly. Uh, it is good to have two men. I think the fact that they've worked together for the last few years will be a, a big bonus you know, for, for any new job starting with someone else. You know, getting two people into the same thing with a you know, United. Even though I think, even though that was the problem with with Dijkhausen when he when, when he when he brought in. Um, I think you do need a confidant. You, you need someone I who's on your side, I, I even so. if it's a bit of a clique. Yeah. As a manager, you need someone just to, who's completely on your side to bounce things off. I think so. I mean, that's that's what Dykehausen wanted. I mean, clearly, 
I guess by definition, if Dijkhausen was the wrong choice, then his number two was the wrong choice. So you kind of got it doubly wrong. Or so maybe it's the other way around. Or the other way around. But yeah. if, you, if you got, you know, if, if um, Smith is the right person, then you, know, you would assume O'Kelly's the right person well, and as a double act. You know, we've appointed a double act, really, not, not, a, not a head coach. Uh, but I think the difference is, and Nick was talking about it now, talking about the press conference, what's interesting is that immediately, and he's obviously been briefed, and he said, look, this is what the score is. Um, Smith has gone straight in and goes, yes, I mean, I brought in my man Kelly, but we will work with your people, we will work with your, you know, your, your coaches and we'll work with your fitness people and all. So already he's like buying into whatever else Brentford are doing, which I think from what I can gather is part of the problem with what happened beforehand where we had a couple of little islands that people weren't buying into and there was like, you know, everything that we had going on for Brentford, which we thought was great, wasn't really being utilised as much. And obviously Smith's just gone in going, tell you something, I've got all this resource around me, I'm going to utilise this which, again, is a positive thing. He's not just saying what we want to hear, though, is he? Well, this is the question that somebody else said, is that are you going to have a situation where somebody says, he's just saying what he wants to hear, has the interview, which has happened before, and then afterwards you get six months down the line, it goes horribly wrong, and you have to give him a half a million pound payoff. I think it's, it's always going to be the risk, though. But, you know, the, the, again, the saving grace is that we, we've proved that we are bringing in very, very high-quality players, and you need a coach, you need someone to pick the team to motivate them and, and put them out. And, and, and if they're not in charge, ultimate charge of, of, of recruitment, then if another head coach comes in in six months' time, you, you, you're, not, you're not talking about a whole regime change, you're talking about a couple of positional changes. I mean, there are, there, are, there are a few points on that, a few points on that, one of which is that we're glad Paul Williams is staying, because I think actually that, 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 that is an important link. Um, but having um, having Smith c- come in, he also understands the leagues as well. And I, you know, I'm, I'm arguing slightly against what I argued when when Dijkhausen arrived. But when we lost Eurison, we didn't actually necessarily have anybody at the, the, the top of the club who could say, right, okay. Dijkhausen, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but when we lost Jurison, no, when we lost Jurison with the injury, oh, yeah, yeah. sorry, yeah, let me advance the argument. We didn't have anybody who said, right, okay, I know that there's a decent striker in Division Three or you know, in in the nationwide that we perhaps ought to take a look at, or Vanarama or whatever it's called now. We ought to take a look at, bring in, let's 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 see how he might play. And I reckon Smith and Richard O'Kelly might be the type of people who can say, right, okay, let to the people at the top you might not have heard of this guy but he's worth a look get your, get your stats and get your analysis on this one because he could be worth a loan so we're in an interesting situation now Dean Smith is in the stands he watched us play Bolton he's obviously watched us a lot over the last few months the last years you know which is a, <laughs> a positive thing because again, we've, we've had situations where people are coming and they haven't watched us enough so we've got Smith who knows about Brentford he's going to have a look at that side now who do we think that he thinks, tell you something, these, this is the core for my team and this is where we need to make a few changes, I, player-wise. I don't think he's going to make many changes at all. I, I, I think Carlton has actually got it pretty spot on. In the, in the, I, I, obviously, he's going to make changes when players start to come back from injury, um, but I, th- I think it's going to be a slowly, slowly. I think you know when Yossi's match fit, whether he plays a substitute part this week or whether it's at Fulham, you know, I think he'll he'll. I think they'll all be eased back in. We, we, we've we've learned our lessons now. Um, that but in, injuries can derail a season, and I, and I, and I think that we've we've shown now that we're stable, and we're only going to get better. So when McEachran and when Yotta and when Colin are all fit, 
they will be eased back in. So I, th I think, I think to be honest, Smith's got the, one of the most. He's got one of the best jobs in, in, in football at the moment. He's got a t he's got an established Championship team that are three points away from a playoff place, the Premiership. He's got some amazing players about to come back. Um, and, and, he, and hopefully, with the right motivation, he's going to get a, another bounce out, out of this team. So we could be, you know, after this Christmas set of fixtures, we could be in the playoffs. You know, whether we stay there or not, I, I, I doubt. But you know, we we are looking at a bloke that's going to come in, and he's got an amazing opportunity. I think he has, and that's why he's here. I think. You know, he's seen that potential. He's uh, the other benefit that we haven't mentioned. He's, you know, he's still got Kazi on hand. I mean, Kazi is there. We're not sure for how long, but he's there to hand over. You know, in most jobs, you don't get that sort of grace period where someone's going to hand over the reins. So, as, as Dave just says, you've got the players in place, you've got people coming back from injury, and you've got the managers done a cracking job. And as uh, I think Nick said on the last podcast or the one before, you know, what, the difference is now that we're appointed from a position of strength. We're not getting someone in to save us from relegation and fears. Or it might have even been Dave. You said that. <laughs> I know it was Dave because he's pointing at me. <laughs> I think the, 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 the only place he needs to look at is the defence a little bit. Because uh, when you talk about players coming back, yes, Colin, I think he, he will help. Um, but I think we've we still got a little bit of a problem at uh, centre-halves. We've got some good centre-halves, but we don't know which ones to play. I think it was quite really weird watching Taki playing on the right all of a sudden. And uh, you know, and so so what happens is when Taki moves to the right, you've got, he's got a new partner with Linares, and it all starts to get a bit weird. I, I tell you what, I don't think we're ever going to solve this centre back conundrum until one of them gets transferred and we, we have to replace him. I, th I think we are going to be slightly weak, but or Bielin comes Neil, back, Neil, you know. Well, he, he, Neil Lennon obviously yeah. thought that Linares was a weakling on Tuesday on Monday night because he was, yeah, you know, they were targeting them a lot, him a lot. So you think that um, Taki Dean is like a sort of Lampard sort of kind of general. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll never win the World Cup with Tarky and Dean, that's what we're saying. Don't be cruel to Harley Dean. We all knew that Bielen was brought in, he's our record signing, and he was there to you know, to challenge one or other of those players. I don't think we ever knew which one it would be, but we all thought it would be Bielen plus one. And you know that, that injury has changed that dynamic. O'Connell did a decent job, as we said earlier, but you know, long term you would think that the guy we paid a lot of money for would be... You know, the, the pole position. O'Connell, I think, maybe deserves a run as well. Yeah. You know, I don't think he's let us down once. You know, really. Barbie well, as well. Barbie's never let us down. We were talking about Connell's other half onto to the podcast. Yeah. That's right. You know, we, again, we met her in the, after the, uh, the before, before the Thorn Chain. She plays for Notts County and uh, she plays in the same position as he does. But listen, let's she stop. knows more about football than any of us. Yes, does. But look, I've got to ask a quick question because we're just talking about dynamic before we move on here. Dean Smith comes in from Warsaw. Immediately, the Warsaw fans, which I mean, I've got to say, they're just they're not happy with us at all, at all. Like, not one iota. We we did invite them on to actually uh, have an interview to talk about Dean Smith. They're still fucked off about Neil Gripper, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> we got the tumbleweed. The tumbleweed was there. They didn't come on, but that's fine. You know, each to their own. But they're also very worried that Brentford will now take Bradshaw, who scored 30 goals in the last 58 games, their top goal scorer, and also possibly remain Sawyer's. With him in the January window, I mean, again, we can't, we don't know, but that's a possibility, isn't it? Oh, it is a possibility, and clubs have done that to us before. So, 
you know, that, that goes with business. You leave a company, you join another one, you look for, if you're looking to strengthen, you go back to the people that you know. So that's a... Uber Roswell-esque, yeah? There you go. Mm. That has to be a plus, doesn't it? You know, we're, we're now one of the bigger fish rather than the smaller fish, and it'd be nice to see it working the other way for once. So if there are players there that they think can fit into our model and fit into the way we play and add value, then, yeah, go for it. If it's for the benefit of Brentford, I'll say go back and... Plunder away, mate. Plunder away. Plunder. Uh, yeah. I disagree. Grass is never greener. Watch. So, uh, this is greeting time. It's Christmas. And it's lovely when you get things through the post, things through email, things from text. Dutch, I heard you've got a personal message. Well, I've got a little secret to share with you guys and my listeners. Um, that's quite touching i got a personal message from Phil Giles this week. Hey, just to me, a personal message. Can you leave that? Would you like me to talk to you about it? I've got, no, I've got one. I've got one as well. Yeah, I, I've got, got one. No, it's personal, just, just to me. No, it's to me. No, no, to me. No, 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 to no me. it had my name on it. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. No, he wrote to me and said, Hi, Nicholas. Oh, oh he, he said to me, hi, Nicholas. Hang on. Uh, <laughs> very, very Christmas. I must admit, I, I, I got one as well, so uh, uh, what's going on here? Well, I'm not going to read it. Anyone read it? No, not now. Not now. It wasn't not to me. Generic, generic email. Generic. I, 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 I haven't read it, but I think you have read it, Dutch. And what's your I've read it. I mean, the, the, the content was, yeah, it was good. It was probably a, a little, it was quite interesting. One of the, I think it was the Charlton site, one of the addict sites. Oh commented about how open and if only their club would be as transparent and open as we were based on the back of that email they're not I mean we were there on Saturday as we said and they're not happy with their club at all they think communication is absolutely poor and even though we think Brentford communication could be better and even the club has admitted it um, obviously, football in general suffers from a communication problem. Well, it, it, that's, that's the irony. I mean, that, that's why I mentioned it, the fact that the Charleston fans have picked up on it, because for the last couple of weeks, everyone involved in this podcast has been slagging off the club for communications. Um, I thought it was a good message. You know, it was accurate, honest. It probably said what they needed to say. To you? I don't know what you saw. Yeah. I only saw my personal bit. You may have got a completely different message. Yeah. But to me, you know, he thanked me for my support and for standing on well, the, um, the Ealing Road shouting and standing next to you guys. And <laughs> all, <laughs> it, all it said in my message was the grass is always greener. All I was pleased was that I thought this final line was a classic one and brilliant and well done to them. Rest assured that our plan is based on the traditional Brentford... Um, qualities of teamwork, commitment, exciting attacking football, and this is what I really like. And taking a risk or two. I mean, that is exciting stuff, is it not? You know, it is. And can't he, fail to get. And he used that. the word and plan. He, and, he, and he addressed me by my proper name Excellent. as well. He used yeah. the word plan and not project, which is absolutely exciting as and well. Usually, he well. used, yeah. used the word experiment in my one. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, I think the word is that basically um, Phil's personal message, he tried to, basically, it's obviously too much work to sort of change it for everyone, so he kind of <laughs> sent it out and hoped no one would notice, but unfortunately we're all sitting in a pub here together, and we've all realised that he's sent the same letter out to everybody, so Phil, if you're listening, next time, mate, you need to work a little bit harder. Must try harder. <laughs> harder on the personal message, mate, because this is just not good enough. <laughs> but, 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 we have been critical about the communication of the club. This was actually an example of really good communication. And I think they, that the club and Phil should be proud of themselves for what they sent I, out I think today. we are being sarcastic. We're not actually knocking him off. We're not, we're not. I, ho- I hope we're not, because we're only too quick to criticise... Um, we're only too slow to praise. In this case, this was a good job done. And to be fair, the grass is always greener. (laughs) (laughs) 
We've been asked to get interactive with our podcasts, so you can get hold of us on Besotted Twitter, also besotted.co.uk, Facebook is besotted.co.uk. We've got a problem. We've got a mate who, unfortunately, has got a banning order for walking down Bray Bar Road. That's <laughs> <laughs> it should be laughing. <laughs> the wheelie bin one. Trash City Rocker. Um, <laughs> Osama Bin Laden. <laughs> And uh, he's got a season ticket in the Ealing Road, which means that he has to go through Braemar Road. If anyone has got any suggestions on how we can get him into the ground, please tweet, email, anything, besotted92 at gmail.com. Just, 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 I've got it. the suggestion. It's what he does is he gets inside a wheelie bin and we push the wheelie bin into the ground and that gets him into the Ealing Road. Nobody will spot I've, that. I've, I've got to say, we need to take inspiration from Bernie Watson who, God bless his soul, he, he was banned for just being a character, to be honest with you. He was a ha- harmless Brentford fan, the most loyal fan ever. Um, and he got, he, got, he, got, he got banned and he actually dressed up as a woman. <laughs> and, he, and he came through the new road for a whole season. And every, everyone knew, but he was, it was a grisly sight seeing Bernie dressed as a woman, I have to say. Well, I've got a dress for the wheelie bin one, if he ever wants to borrow it. I did, yeah, and, and, what, and what kind of dress? This is this, uh, so a sort of little black number. I think it would look rather good in it. So, you're, you, so, so it's yours. So basically, you're, oh, not, yes, you're not using that weekend, so you're going to leave it to Willie yeah, Bin I, I only use it on Wednesdays for the podcast. Oh, well, yeah, no, we didn't want to say anything. Yeah, the good thing is that the Willie Bin one, no one knows who he is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but um, what we need is that Brentford fans have got any other ideas how we can get him into the ground, because he is a Law fan. He's been supporting them for over 40 odd years. 50, years, 50 odd years, years he has been. His but first game was 1963. That's right, but he's not allowed down the Braemar Road for. We can't talk about the reasons why, because he's the wheelie bin one, but we need to get him into the ground. So any suggestions that you have would be very much appreciated. So look, look it up online, the Brentford wheelie bin. It's, it's really bad. Mm. <laughs> I, I've not been there myself, but anyway. So this is a moment for us as well. This is the first time we've actually managed to contact MK Don's fans. Over the past couple of years it's been really difficult, and even this season it's been majorly difficult. We've contacted them, they've not come back to us, they've said they're going to call us and then we've never heard from them. But luckily, last minute, we've got Clive Barry from... MK Don's South Stand, is it? I'm not sure exactly where you're from, Clive, to talk to us about MK Don's and exactly what's going on down there. Clive, how are you doing? Hello, Billy. Yeah, I'm very, very good. Thanks very much. And uh, you're looking forward to the game on Saturday. I mean, you guys have not had the greatest start to the season, have you? Oh, no, it's, it's, been, it's been all right. It's been all right. I've been home and away every game this season. I'm, I'm a loyal, loyal MK fan. And um, I've been going for, for a long time now, since um, 2013, I think. I mean, that's quite a long time in the, in the history of the club, to be fair. But, I mean, what exactly has gone wrong this season? Last season, you had a great season. You had uh, one, of, one, one of my players that was signed to my, my management company, Will Grigg, was, or Neil Grigg, as some people say, was scoring a lot of goals for you last season. Oh, and we are. We like Neil. Yeah, yeah, Neil's a very good player for us. That's right. And also you had um, well, an England international now who's uh, been banging in the goals. So, oh, Emil Heskey. Well, he played for Bolton. Oh, oh, that one, yes, yes. Oh, no, I liked him as well. Yes, I had, I had his name on my back for a while. Right, and, and like I said, you know, you, you guys had a great season last season. You know, you, 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 Winkleman has put a lot of money into the club and it didn't look like it was going to happen. And to be fair, 
you, you've stuck with your, your, your manager, Mr. Robinson, or Smuggerton, as the Brentford fans call him, and, uh, but he, 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 he paid dividends for you last season, didn't he? Oh, yes, he did. Yes, Mrs. Robinson, as I like to call him, yes. Why do you call him that? Oh, because I like him. Yes, I do. Because when I used to, um, when he used to come and watch me, I used to be collecting train numbers on the um, station at MK, Milton Keynes Station, and then, um, then he, he came there and he signed my autograph book, and that was how he's been a I've been a very, very big friend of um, Mrs. Robertson ever since, William. I'm going to ask you what has happened. I mean, obviously, you and AFC Wimbledon don't get on. Oh, the Wombles? Yeah. No, I've never liked Wombles. No, no, well, because if you've been into my living room, mate, I, I, I haven't cleaned up anything for, 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 for probably five or six years. Even my cats won't go in there now. They, they state the fact that they are the real Wimbledon team. Who, my cats? Uh, the AFC Wimbledon. No, well, they can say what they want, but we've got the, um, we've got the, uh, the trophies and the, the grass is never greener. <laughs> That is true. I mean, that is one phrase that's actually said by one of the Brentford podcast crew. But I'm going to ask you, I mean, look, this season, your results haven't been fantastic. You need to pull yourselves out of the mire. You, you've never won that many games. You're they're, better than, they're better than yours. They're not, actually. Are they? No, they're not. Oh. You know, so um, um, you're going to pull yourself out of the relegation mire. How do you think you're going to do this? Um, we're probably going to go and buy another club, and we'll probably move somewhere else. Like um, We'll probably go to Hull or Cardiff, somewhere where they don't want a team, and we'll go and buy that one, and we'll, 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 we'll buy their history, and then we'll go there. Interesting theory, but in the meantime, between now and Saturday, that's not going to happen, so how are you going to deal with the mighty... Mighty bees coming down, or are you coming down to our grounds? Um, there'll be five or six of us will come to, 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 to Greenwich Park. Griffin Park. Yes, and um, we'll um, we'll drink your beer and we'll shag your women. But you're only 16. No, I'm not. I'm 84. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so listen, it's been great chatting to you, and give us a score prediction for Saturday's game. Oh, um. Uh, 3-0 to the mighty MK Donalds. It doesn't fly off the tongue, does it? You might later on, you lucky man. That's, there's no need for that. This is a, this is a family <laughs> podcast. Anyway, it's been great to speak to you, Clive. And uh, from the MK Dons uh, South Stand, I think, is it? That's, is that the stand near Asda? Yeah, that's the No, no, Ikea. The Ikea, that's right, near the Ikea. So you're from the Ikea stand. Uh, We're the Ikea massive. Yeah, we could hear that. Um, We'll see you uh, on Saturday, hopefully for uh, a soft drink outside the pub that we drink in, and uh, hopefully we'll beat you to 3 0, and that'll be the end of it. So, match day Saturday, and we have a team coming down who we played quite a lot in the last few seasons, and then we left them behind. And now they've caught back up with us again. MK Dons. We often call them AKA Franchise FC, but I've got to ask the question, is it about time that we leave that Franchise FC tag behind, or will that stay with them forever? Uh, no, I can actually stay, stay with them forever, and I still haven't forgiven Arsenal for moving north through the river. And lately? Uh, yeah, I, I've got no feelings whatsoever for them. I, I hate going there. I, 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 they don't bring anything to us. They don't contribute much to the English game. Um, they, uh, they should be eradicated as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> so they're still franchised to you? They're not even that to me. They're just nothing to me. 
I, I tried to do some research on them on Google. I looked it up and it said that there was no history. So for me, they are franchise. I'm going to be the contrary one here and say I think we've got to grow up. I think we've got to grow up. I mean, you know, they are... Grow they up. are. No. No. <laughs> the grass is always green. <laughs> they, they have been a club in the Football League for a while. What they did was totally wrong. Um, and, you know, they, they, they should be pilloried for it but they are now a football club you'll be, you'll is, be forgiving Tony Blair for going to war in Iraq next uh, well apparently we're in favour of going to wars now so uh, I haven't got much to comment on but um, but no I think franchise FC as they were called now need to be called MK Milton Keynes I'm still a bit annoyed about the Dons but Milton why don't they just call themselves Milton Keynes Football Club Admit what they are and let's move on and let's discuss about what the game might be on Saturday. So Milton Keynes Football Club are coming down on Saturday um, without Deli Alley because he's banging goals in for England from what I've heard. Um, and also Will Grigg who was uh, playing, he's banging, well he's not banging very much in for Wigan at the moment now because he's not. He's on and off the pitch for them. <laughs> he's worried about his Neil, brother Neil. Yeah. That's right. Neil can extend quite well. So yeah, but so yeah, but, they, but they've got, you know, they've got other characters and they don't seem to be, this is, this is the thing about them because, you know, they've moved up to the Championship uh, and they were complaining that Will Grigg, who, who scored a lot of goals for them and he's part of their side, they started, and even after Delielli left, he was scoring a lot of goals for them. But they said, "Oh, he's too much money for us." And what they are, they're in a situation now where they seem to be struggling. But you know, it, it was you know the price is a million pounds or just under. But the fact is that you know, surely you're going to lose that plus more if, if you get relegated. I think there lies the difference between our club and their club, and it should never be underestimated. Where we was, well, we have spent over two million pounds on players. And they were balking a, a million um, on a proven player that was scoring goals, and, and they knew inside out. So you know, I, I think it's another demonstration of, of what you know what Matthew Benham brings to our football club is not not only has he got a vision that is you know is, is different and he gives us a chance, he's, he, he can back it up with financial buying power that you know other clubs with bigger stadiums that you know they they they're not they're, they they can't do they're not doing so. You know, I think you know whatever side of the fence you're sitting on with with Benham and, and the future of the club. It, I think it, it really does show we are we are in a unique position in history. Uh, we, we're at, we're at a place that we can be. We've got vision and funding, and, and, and those two is a it's a very very heady combination. And I mean, they replaced it. I mean, their top goal scorer this season is Carl Baker. He scored four goals. Woo! And uh, just below <laughs> is uh, Bundich, who remember, he used to play for us as well. I think Yeovil we got him from, was Ipswich. it? You know? Ipswich, yeah, and then he went to Yeovil afterwards. Yeah. So he's uh, the next, next highest goal scorer with three goals. Three! <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that, that's what we have to deal with. But don't forget, you know, listen, getting all overly confident. Don't forget we are against Bolton on, on Monday night, and it didn't quite come off for us. So, I mean, we've got... MK Dons, I'm going to give them the respect, you know, you can all say what you want to now, you know, me what I normally say, but I'm going to put my professional voice on now and say MK Dons are coming, especially because Nick's going to kick me under the table here, MK Dons are coming down on Saturday, and I'm just wondering what you boys, what do you think they're going to bring to the party, what do you think Mr Dean Smith is going to change up for the bees, and how will we get on maybe? 
Um, I don't think Neil Smith is going to... Dean Smith. Smith. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait, or him, Neil Greig. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think... Late, it? <laughs> but, yeah, I don't think we're going to see a lot of changes on Saturday. Um, I think Brentford will go out there and they want to impress their new manager. And I think there will be players that will do exactly that. I think, I think he'll get another 10% out of the team that went out on Monday night. I think they're, they're a talented team. Carsley's... He's put he's put us on the on the straight and narrow. He, he's, he's hoisted hoisted some sails, and we're we're going in the right direction. And and, and I think with the, with the extra players, I don't think any of the extra players that are coming back from injury are going to, are going to feature heavily on Saturday. I think it's largely going to be an unchanged squad from from the one that got a point at, at Bolton. So um, I just think you know he'll take his first team talk. He'll he'll say the right things. And I think we'll we'll get a win. He'll start he'll start his reign with a win. Score prediction. Uh, but I think we're going to win two nil or three one. It'll be a two goal margin. Certainly. I'm expecting a bounce. I'm expecting a similar team, uh, but I'm also expecting uh, you know, a, a really good performance. I think. And uh, we're at home. We like being at home. We we you know we produce the goods at home. And uh, I'm expecting that. You remember those uh, six gold fillers we used to have with MK Dunn? Oh, yeah, when uh, Imps was in charge, yeah. yeah. yeah I'm expecting another one of those, but we're going to win 4 2. Dutch. Yeah, also confident. I think they'll be the new manager impetus, but as I said earlier, I think we're a decent team. I think we're on a decent run of form. I think things are starting to click. Uh, and I think with a bit of luck, we should comfortably win on Saturday. And I'll be disappointed if it's anything less than 2 0. Uh, and as a prediction for posterity, I will go 3 0. The Liberal Nick. Here's to you, Mr. Robinson. You have a team that plays fairly good football, and that will be your downfall because actually Brentford do well against teams that play decent football. I think, therefore, 2 1 victory to the Bees. I'm not even going to fat around. 2 0 to the Bees. Come on, you Bees. We've got one, one defeat in seven. Is that our record at the moment? Mm-hmm. Which is going to be one defeat in eight. Yeah. So, everyone's confident, around, everyone's confident around the table here. We've got the Dons coming down on Saturday. I've got no idea how many fans they're going to bring down. Seven. Yeah, it's, 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 it's an interesting... I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting situation when, the, when they do come down. It's, a, it's a definitely a different dynamic. Um, when the dogs come down, but you know that's down to their history. Not saying you know they like football. People like football. You can't knock people that like football. There's me putting my diplomatic head on here now. But listen, forget that now. This is the besotted pride of West London podcast. We've come from West London, the Prince Bullsha. Bullsha. Prince Bullsha. What's a Bullsha? You don't know your history. <laughs> I don't know my history. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Prince Bullsha. You know, lovely pup. If you're ever around here, as opposite the green, just put in there and have a few Swifties. So, um, I'm Billy Grant, and I've enjoyed myself tonight. We're all knackered, because I've still, we've, we've got sort of Bolton jet lag, I think we have, you know. Besotted.co.uk, Pride of West, London, and Besotted Brentford on YouTube. That's how you're going to get hold of us. Looking forward to Saturday. I think, as we said, we're all going to get the result, and uh, I think Dean Smith is really looking forward to the game. As a result of that, we're all really looking forward to seeing what he does, see what he's like on the bench, see if he waves his arm and does all sorts of stuff, jumps up and down, because that's what we need to get us all back excited again. And you never know, next podcast or two, we might be talking about something else in the upper echelons of this division. So all I can say is... Ciao.
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.